Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it sometimes happens at post-care, right? The care's already happened, right? I've already had my surgery. I've already made a choice from a clinical side to get certain level of care. And then I receive that bill later. And that's where the surprise happens. And then you're worried about how am I going to pay for it? And, and so it's been a, an exciting road going from such an IT-centric background to sitting here in the strategy office. My name is Erin Goodby, and I lead strategy and initiatives for the care credit business, which is part of Synchrony. This episode is brought to you by EHR Go. Go is a simulated electronic health record with a catalog of realistic and diverse patient care scenarios included. Go helps educators teach a human-centered approach to technology and healthcare. Find out more at healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash go girl. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash G-O-G-I-R-L. Today's episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc. Their team of value-based care experts is here to help you succeed in improving quality and lowering overall costs. Chirpy Bird Inc. is there to help you understand what's being measured and how to succeed with targeted action steps for you and your practice. Check them out online at chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where we're dedicated to amplifying the career journey, accomplishments, and lessons learned of women everywhere. I'm your host, Joy Rios. And I'm your other host, Robin Roberts. During the day, together we run a health IT consultancy known as Chirpy Bird Inc., where we get to geek out on all things healthcare, technology, and policy. But along the way, Joy noticed that so many women were running organizations, but too few were leading or being recognized. So we decided to change that. Together, we're learning about the puzzle that is healthcare and sharing what we find with you, our listeners. You can expect us to be talking with some pretty badass women. We will even be exploring how the pandemic is impacting many of their professional lives this season. We've also formed a private community of both guests and listeners over on Slack to help make connections, offer support to one another, and share the resources we come across. If you want to join us, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. And this week, our Hit Like a Girl Pod Slack community shoutouts go to Elena, Brittany, Christine, Sharice, and Caitlin. And this week's virtual high five goes to Brittany for sharing her five tips for informaticists early in their career. Our favorite tip, mentor others and seek out mentors. High five. All right, enough already. There are too many awesome women to talk with. Let's get started. 
Erin, thank you very much for joining us today. We are really excited to get to know you and your professional journey. We liken healthcare to a 5,000-piece puzzle. It is super, super complicated, and we don't think that any of us can really be the expert in everything. So what we're trying to do is understand the puzzle piece that each of us hold. So if you wouldn't mind, could you please take a moment to introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit with our listeners about your journey and the puzzle piece that you manage? Great. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Joy, for having me today. And great question. My name is Erin Goodby, and I lead strategy and initiatives for the care credit business, which is part of Synchrony. When we examine this healthcare puzzle, our piece is about finding ways to give people more access to and how to pay for that healthcare. And so, you know, when we look at the system today, we know that people have unexpected healthcare expenses, and that can be one of the biggest financial triggers. And so, whether you're making making an unexpected visit to urgent care for a sprained ankle or you require hospitalization for a sudden illness, a high deductible health plan causes patients to take on more of their healthcare financial responsibilities. And so as we see patients now fronting a significant portion of the healthcare bill, consumer expectations have changed, right? And patients want transparency. And they want to know how much is this going to cost me? And they want to know that before they get the care. And another big piece, right, and big component is affordability, right? That's become the issue. And and so consumers naturally want to know, how can I pay for this? How will I pay for this? And so consumer wants and needs choices on that paradigm. And kind of all wrapped together is really the experience, right? We've got experience coming at us from other industries. And so consumers want an integrated experience when they're thinking about the clinical side of care and the financial side of care when it comes to tackling these healthcare costs. And when we think about the consumer, all of these shifts are also putting pressure on the provider community as well, right? Providers are working harder to collect balances. And so we ask ourselves, you know, what does this all mean then? And so paying for unplanned expenses becomes a real burden for the consumer, for the patient. And so as we look at some of the data points, we know that Americans are reporting being concerned about their ability to pay, 73% of Americans, in fact, and they're also delaying care as a result. And so, you know, from a personal experience, I had once been on an HMO plan. I think many of us have been in our lifetime. And I had just recently switched over to a high deductible health plan, but hadn't really gotten into some of the details behind that. And I had a plan surgery to take care of a minor piece. And I was really surprised to receive a bill. It was four months after I had my surgery. And in that time frame, I actually had changed healthcare providers. So my health plan had shifted. And so there was just a, a tremendous amount of anxiety thinking about that healthcare bill and how was I going to pay for it? When was that bill going to be presented to me? And then when I did receive it, there was a lot of work on my end to be able to take care of that expense, also working between two health plans. And so nobody should have to live with that kind of anxiety. And so this often lack of transparency, the ability to pay, um, this is all something that our healthcare consumer is juggling these days. And so we here in Care Credit are really focused around giving people more ways to access and pay for healthcare. And that's our 
that's our piece of the puzzle. You know, you talk about your example of a planned surgery, but sometimes and so often that that cost is unplanned or it's an unexpected or an adverse event, you know, that leads to those costs. Erin, let's focus on you for a minute. How did you get started doing this? What were you doing before and how did mm-hmm. you come to be at Care Credit? Sure. So my background is in technology. My degree is in computer science and I discovered my passion for coding in my very early days. So my favorite story to tell is that back in middle, my middle school days, my father was a teacher at the high school and our high school, these are early days, so early 80s, they had just received a great new shipment of Apple computers. And, you know, they were really looking at curriculum for the upcoming year at the high school. And they needed some guinea pigs to come in and take some programming classes. And so my father, and if you could see me, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, he signed me up for this programming class one summer. And honestly, it was, you know, really such a pivotal point for me because I didn't know, and especially during that time frame, think about those days, the, the whole idea of technology was so new and definitely new in terms of even the educational path as well. And it really launched my passion for coding. And from that point, I had you know followed technology from my choices in high school all the way through college. And even I feel it's guided me to today through my career. And so I began my career with AT&T right out of college. And I'd I'd always been focused on really the overlap between business and technology, understanding the needs of a consumer, understanding the needs of an internal consumer, folks within the business. And so while I was really disciplined and my expertise was in the technology side, I actually made a shift early on and went back for my MBA with a focus on finance because I felt I needed that and strike that balance between you know, what is the community that I'm serving internally, my internal stakeholders? What are their needs from technology? What are they trying to to do for the organization? And I felt like that was the right balance to go back and start digging in and learning more from a management perspective, how could we bridge technology and business? And so after spending some time with AT&T, I decided to go off on my own and I founded a small consulting firm. And so for a number of years was a consultant again, focused on solving some tough challenges in the biotech, pharmaceutical, and financial services industry. And so my favorite roles during that time were working for C-suite executives on the business side, where they're pointing at deficiencies in the business, whether they're looking for a growth opportunity or they're seeing some risk in the business or they're trying to look at costs in a different way. And it all leads to a business and technology discussion on what can happen and how do we leverage technology more to get to some of those areas. And so throughout my career, I've always looked for roles at the intersection of technology and business. And that's really what led me to Synchrony. Uh, I joined Synchrony over seven years ago. I landed first in the consumer banking team. And I was responsible at that point for development and execution of key growth initiatives for the bank. We actually had purchased the bank at the time, and I was responsible for bringing that in and, you know, working through some of the the different strategic points of, you know, how do we lay out the roadmap? What are the new product launches we need? How do we change kind of the reach for the the bank that we needed for, for at the time? Synchronies more of the their kind of strategic and long-term vision for the bank. And one of the, the larger projects I took on was leading the core, core banking platform conversion. And so I think about my journey 
all those days spending in technology. Now I'm in a business role, but now I'm leading the core banking platform conversion. And that just gave me the confidence that I needed to be able to take on a, a significant project like that and work across many stakeholders within the business and IT community to, to lead us through uh, the conversion from FIS to Fiserv. And then from there, you know, within Synchrony, I started thinking about, well, what, what next for me? And I wanted to explore opportunities on the front end of our business, on the commercial side. And so having spent most of my career in the financial services industry, and of course, Synchrony, that's, that's what we do as well. But I wanted to join the care credit team because their focus on healthcare was so intriguing. And I really wanted to be a part of the solution and think about innovation, innovative solutions to address the financial issues that can affect people's quality of health and access to care. And so I, I wanted to, to play a role there. And so over these last three years, I've been really focused on developing strategy uh, for the care credit business and alongside with Synchrony, execution of initiatives, developing out strategic partnerships, working with our ventures team to sit close to some of the, the new entrants and learning there, uh, thinking about M&A as a tool for growth, and so it's been a, an exciting road going from such an IT-centric background to sitting here in the strategy office. Hi, listeners. Does technology and healthcare education sometimes feel like the tail wagging the dog? You should check out EHR Go. Go uses case-based learning to teach a human-centered approach to technology and healthcare education. With more than 300 multifaceted patient cases presented in a realistic, simulated electronic health record, Go helps students build clinical judgment skills and learn to effectively document within an EHR. When working in Go, students must evaluate and organize competing healthcare needs into levels of urgency while making simple to complex clinical judgments about their patient care, just like in real life. Used in all educational healthcare disciplines, Go can be used within or between programs and is the ideal platform for interprofessional education. Web-based, with no software to download or maintain, Go can be used on any computer or browser for in-person learning or for remote or hybrid lessons. Go is the only educational platform that puts human care at the heart of technology. Learn more about Go by visiting healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash go girl. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash G-O-G-I-R-L. When you first mentioned coding, I was thinking like in terms of billing, like a healthcare billing. And I was like, wow, a passion for coding in middle school. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> but you've got me curious. So now that like, have you done any sort of like software programming or gotten involved with women who code or, you know, maybe kind of mm-hmm. helped other girls who are going down that, you know, path? Mm-hmm. Early on, my earliest days of doing that was once I graduated from high school, my father was the head guidance counselor at the time, I went into a technology field. And again, back in those days, now the late 80s, that wasn't very, not popular, but it just wasn't something that people were focused on. And so I had done a scholarship direct to the high school where I wanted to be able to provide help And I also wanted to highlight the career in technology for other women like myself who had this passion for, it's really problem solving. And, you know, back then it was problem solving using programming. 
For many years, I sponsored a scholarship really trying to help women enter into this field. And then fast forward to today, Synchrony uh, has a wonderful partnership with Girls Who Code. And so we have joined forces with that. And my fun phrase is, I feel like I was one of the first girls to code back in those middle school days. But, you know, what, a, what an incredible, strong program, really sharing that field with many women and getting young women involved early on to open the door. No different than what my dad did for me those early days, but doing it on such a massive scale across the U.S. It's just been great for Synchrony and Girls Who Code to partner like that together. How does the ability to understand the technological background that you have and the systems you all are using and the financial piece, can you give us a good example of how that plays out in your role in leading the strategy for for care credit Mm -hmm. under Synchrony? How does that come up for you other than, you know, I'd imagine you're great at working across the matrix environment of all the things going on, but what does that look like on day to day or on maybe a project you worked on? I think the most recent project that comes to mind would be how do we drive growth through strategic partnerships? And so, you know, again, there, there are many, many women that you've interviewed and many women hopefully listening who have this deep healthcare expertise. And, and given I got started later on the healthcare side than many, for me, I try to bring the other experiences that I've had through my career to bear to try to find new ways to really be centered around some growth for our business. And so looking at partnerships, I think is a key piece because you can strike a great commercial partnership with a company that's, you know, side by side with a care credit, but it's really thinking about the integrated experience for the consumer, in this case for a patient, that really is going to make or break that partnership or be able to see that accelerate in some fashion. And so I get to kind of draw upon, again, my passion for technology to say, Let's find those strategic partners that are going to matter most to our consumer, to our healthcare consumer. Let's go and see if we can do something together because the joint effort of doing that is really in the best effort for our consumer, just seeing an integrated experience, making sure that, again, we're for the side that we're focused on, we've got individuals who are really focused on a clinical need, right? They're looking at their care. And then we also are trying to help them understand that there's this financial component to that. And so how do we develop an integrated experience for our consumer between two partners that are very distinct and separate, right? Two different businesses. And how do we bring that together? And so I draw upon those days of, of technology and those experiences I've had over time to try to, to think about that differently. You know, you guys are at a really interesting intersection, especially around this time, the year of COVID, where people are either needing more care or perhaps delaying care. And then a bunch of people who have lost their health insurance. Do you, mm-hmm. are you finding that people are needing your services more or less? Or what is, what are the statistics like this year? Cause I'm sure that they must not be in line with years past. It's definitely changing. You know, I think about pre-COVID, you know, care credit um, has been a financial solution in the market for, for more than 30 years. And, but it, it's been a solution predominantly, you know, when we think about in, when insurance is not a full solution. So when you're thinking about dental, uh, you know that as a consumer, more than likely, they'll be part of the bill that you will owe when you might have a dental need. 
But then as you move over to core medical, and let's think about a hernia surgery, you know, there was a time when me to think about the financial component to how to pay for that hernia surgery. And so again, pre-COVID, we had just a, a conversation with our provider community and obviously with our consumers to share that this care credit solution can be used in bulk because with high deductible health plans, we no longer have a 100% solution when it comes to insurance and coverage for our core medical. You know, healthcare hasn't been from the financial side. Healthcare hasn't been top of mind. And so what COVID has done, though, is brought it front and center just for the things that you've mentioned. Whether there's an individual who's now entered the gig economy because they don't have that employer-sponsored healthcare coverage anymore, whether it's somebody who has been impacted by COVID because now they have, you know, whether it be for themselves or their family, situations where they need to, you know, get more care during this time, it has become and has propelled the conversation about healthcare and saving for healthcare and in the financial conversation um, more than more than what we've seen in the past. And so, you know, you asked about do we see it changing? It is changing. And when it comes to high out-of-pocket costs, I mean, it's just a powerful ripple effect if you think about it that way, where it's impacting a patient's decision for care, even the choices. Maybe they're only getting a partial, maybe they're only attacking their care, you know, with with certain factors within whatever the care recommendations coming from the provider. And so this you know, this pandemic has really just highlighted and accelerated that conversation. And I think it's really just shown that in the industry, we, we just need to have more solutions for our consumers when it comes to paying for care. Well, let's talk about that for just one minute before we move on, because I think we would be remiss not to acknowledge that everyone wants care. Everyone deserves great care. And like you said, some people may be parsing clinical decisions based mm-hmm. on their ability to have the financial access or resources they need to, to gain that access. And so let's be honest, nobody likes getting a medical bill. And you called out something mm-hmm. really important at the beginning, Erin, which is we're really at a point in time where CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, has historically been the biggest payer in America. And that is slowly being eroded by the fact that patients have a higher responsibility. I've got to imagine that there's some feelings or some feedback still coming back to you guys, right? Because the billing company then, or when I have to call the office and make a payment or set up a plan, it's never a good feeling when that comes. Do you guys, what do you do from a strategy perspective to handle that? Because I see care credit applications in almost every office I go into, and it's just become more and more pervasive, which is a great option for people. But at the end of the day, somebody does have to pay for it, and care credit's a Mm -hmm. business how do you reconcile that with people or how do you strategize around that, that we have to kind of deal with this necessary evil of the bill? What we do, right, is, you know, we have, as you know, right, the solution in place and that sometimes happens at post-care, right? The care's already happened, right? I've already had my surgery. I've already made a choice from a clinical side to get certain level of care. And then I receive that bill later. And that's where the surprise happens. And then you're worried about how am I going to pay for it? And so what we're doing as a business is trying to move that financial conversation pre-care, right? So we need to talk about transparency. We need to understand, you know, upfront, not we as a business, but we as the healthcare consumer need to know how much is this going to cost me? It has to come into play because take the surprise out of it. Now, certainly, I'm sure the provider community would think about 
We don't know sometimes to the degree we need to know how much something is going to cost. But I do think, Robin, that more often we're not having enough of that financial conversation upstream before a care decision is made. And even if, and we hope that people are still going to make that choice to move forward with a full treatment plan, it is super helpful. And I think it lessens anxiety. It helps to have that conversation up front versus after, right? After when you're faced with a bill that you maybe don't understand, it might not connect to you with what the care you have received. And so we have to be advocates, all of us, to see this really more from, from a perspective of let's do these things before the care treatment begins. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. If you like the vibe of this podcast, you're going to love our private Slack community. It's super supportive, ladies-only pod where we offer real talk, real advice, and genuine engagement to our members to help them stay inspired and level up. To join, just go to hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. All right, now let's get back to the show. I really like that. Perhaps taking the surprise out of the surprise billing part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Considering your perspective and how much you have seen over the lifetime of your career and where you are sitting now, from your point of view, if you could solve any problem and just wave your magic wand and, you know, ta-da, it is solved within healthcare or health IT, what problem Mm -hmm. would you choose to solve and why? There's so many. I want to draw upon kind of a recent experience. And so just three years ago, I moved from New Jersey to California and I felt like I had to bring my healthcare digital footprint, I had to reestablish it, right? Because for all of us, or many of us, I should say, healthcare is tied to our employer, right? And our location is really dictates kind of where we get our care, right? So it's regional. But yet the kind of the digital footprint of my records, the different decisions I might've made over time, really the the future look of the appointments I need to take care of, depending on where I am in, in my journey, my age and whatnot. I just... I would like to see more of a consumer-facing digital-first approach to having all of that data in one place. And right now, it's more dictated, again, by provider because, you know, we're going to go seek and find as a consumer the best provider and best healthcare that we can through what we need. Um, But I want to be able to manage that. I want to manage it for myself and I want to manage it for my family. And I know that there are companies out there trying to pull that together. It's a huge and difficult task, but I put on my my technology hat. You asked me for my kind of magic unicorn of this all, but I would love to see that together. And then when we have all that together, then we'll be able to think about, okay, medical records in one place, the doctors that I work with in one place, no matter who I see from a doctor perspective, they can see me. I don't have to remember when I might've had that surgery I shared with you earlier about in the details of that surgery. It's all in one place and I can manage it for myself and my family. I would love to see that happen and, you know, relatively, you know, in our, in our near future. Yeah, I think the, the importance of the longitudinal health record and you even taking it a step further, Erin, to say even the doctors all in one place to have, you mm-hmm. know, healthcare is kind of a hub and spoke that they can all be at that hub and that it's, you know, incumbent upon all of us to make sure A, the information gets there, that it's not just spread, right. that it's, 
accessible by all the people that need it, but also has some patient autonomy, but the, the doctors can see it as so important. Mm-hmm. Drawing on that same you know, experience in your personal journey, what advice would you give to women in healthcare, health IT, that either want to get where you are or do what you're doing someday? Or what advice might you give a younger person that's just getting started? Given that rather new to the healthcare space, I would say, you know, for women who are not in the industry to jump right in, right, to get involved. I'm so happy that I've had this opportunity to work on some of the the toughest challenges within healthcare. I think that, you know, come and join this challenge. And when you do, use your network and the people around you. So take your experiences, no matter where they're from, they don't have to be healthcare experiences. They don't have to be something you've already done to be able to apply that exact same thing to a new situation. It's it's really bringing this collaborative, innovative spirit across all of your experiences as you move forward in your career and take on you know, some tough roles or some tough challenges like we see here in healthcare. And I think the other piece too is as you think about your journey or your career journey. And I do a lot of work with our, our business leadership program, which is our recruiting, our recruiting program out of college. But the, a lot of the discussions we have is, you know, as much as we want them to join Synchrony, I often find myself also saying, you know, find the company where your values are aligned. We are super fortunate to be a part of Synchrony where our values and we're a financial services company, you know, our values are honest, passionate, caring, responsible, bold, and driven. And so I say that it's going to be the the mix of, you know, as you look at your career and you look at the choices that you have and the roles that might be coming forward, you know, match that with, is it is it really pushing you into kind of a new paradigm and into potentially a new industry like healthcare? And also is the company that you, you're working for, are, is there an alignment with what your values are? And I think when you have the combination of both, that's when you'll look back on your career journey and and kind of see that magic happen over time. I love both of those pieces of advice. Thank you very much for sharing. Erin, if somebody wants to find you, follow your work or get, you know, or or even use care credit, how could they find you? Where would they look? Sure. So I have a LinkedIn profile. So happy to connect with folks there directly with email. And I also encourage folks to go out to carecredit.com and learn about our program. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing more about you and your journey and the work you're doing at Care Credit. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Joy. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybirdinc.com.